Hi, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm the Dungeon Master for Opportunity Roll. I'm here with everybody else. Say hi. What's hey. up? Hello. Hello. All right. So um, let's go ahead and do introductions, and then we'll do a recap, and then we will hop right into it. Um, let's go ahead and do introductions. Let's start with uh, Ilo, or Chris. Hi, I'm uh, Chris. I'll be playing Ilo K, the Grove Tender Druid, uh, or Keeper, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do Max. Hey, everybody. I'm Max, or Rodeo, and I will be playing Kadith, your great old ones cleric. Lily? Hi, I'm Lily. I'm playing Arya, the Divine Soul Sorcerer. Uh, Alex. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, my name is Alex, and I am playing uh, Rook, the half orc paladin. I briefly forgot my own name. Cool, Dust. Hello, I am Dust, and I will be playing Soul, the Trident Tempest cleric. And last but not least, uh, Jace. Hi, everyone. I'm Jace, and I will be playing Rishi, the Air Genasi bard. All right, so I, I think, Chris, you said you wanted to recap for us? Uh, it would be my pleasure. So uh, we started this session um, at the end of the first of High Summer, that's Tolpum, and we got a hint at one of Ilo's um, goals with Ilo performing, myself performing uh, a kind of druidic ritual, kind of a passing of the seasons thing. And he determined that there were few, if any at all druids in the city who still practiced the old ways as the call was not answered to his dissatisfaction. In the morning, though, uh, some of us who hadn't gotten wasted during the previous night celebration took a healthy meal from the Sherbet Good Kitchen, and then those who had tried some of the deeper drinks uh, tested their fate at some cheap fast food stalls in the street. Ardia got us all some Timbits, or some donut holes to the rest of the world. And as a gift for her, uh, and a celebration rather, of her high placement in her performance competition. And then we headed to the address of Twilight's Chosen, the guild that had recruited us. Inside the guild hall, we met manservant Vekram and the seven members of the guild, including Weltis, who we had shared a drink with the night before. They confirmed our suspicions about the reason for reaching out to us, but still with some hesitancy, we took them up at their offer and they treated us to lunch at the Elk's Tavern, where Rook suggested a game of truth or drink. We had not too much to drink, but got to know each other a fair bit. And then we went back to the guildhouse with our decision, but not before Kadeth and Rook mutually questioned the origin of their respective mysterious powers, and Rook receiving a kind of omen, perhaps, in one of the uh, store shop fronts. We learned that the guild had a sad past with one of their members, and also that they had business in Bravul, while we were sent into the kingdom of Graydon to investigate a string of events that culminated in perhaps arson in a far-off town. 
we resume our adventures, officially signed to Twilight's Chosen, a few days outside of Nottingham. No. Last we left off, we rolled a six um, out of a 12. So we hit um, pretty decent days. We found something along the way. We found a little tiny chest. Um, if I remember correctly, did we ever find out what was in that chest? It's the mirror. Mirror. All right. Make sure. Um, brain fart. I know you just recapped. My brain is uh, still running off of coffee. Um, also, that, shout out to my freaking awesome D20 mug that Corey's drinking out of. I love that mug. However, if you also want to get some merch, uh, some uh, opportunity roll merch, we have some um, uh, a link to merch somewhere. We got a link tree. Uh, let's see if we can't put that in chat at some point. Um, so with a six, I think that's going to get you all the way to Nottingham because that's going to get you your your full travel. But it, it's going to be relatively boring. Um, I'm, and I, and I mean that in a good way though, right? Cause you're not running into monsters. You're not dealing with bandits or goblins or any of that nuisance. That's going to slow you down, take your time away from the road. Um, you may have passed like two or three peddlers along the way, nothing major things like potatoes, carrots, some vegetables and stuff. Um, maybe a general goods merchant carpets, stools, some chairs here and there. Um, furniture kind of stuff. Um, but once you kind of hit Nottingham, there is this different air about the place. It is, it's relaxed, right? The people around here are relaxed and calm. And it's, it's more or less like that olden country. Uh, like as soon as you kind of step over that line, you, you hit the, the main road and you, you see all the buildings and you, you just kind of slow down a bit because no one here is in a hurry. No one here is rushing to get things done. Everybody's doing things in their own time. And it's just this kind of relaxing day where nothing's expected. And I, I, I wouldn't say nothing's gone wrong. I mean, um, I'm sure there's trouble somewhere, but it, nobody's freaking out. Let me go ahead and give you a look. Um, oh, let me let somebody deal with the town here real quick. Uh, let me know when you're done with the map, and I'll switch over. Oh, go ahead. I was just measuring to see Being how far away we are. Yeah. <laughs> Very zoomed in. There we go. Yeah. That's very pretty. It's just very relaxed. Very chill. Yeah. You've got pretty much homes for most of the people. There is but only really one in here. And it's not vacancy full. I mean, it's it's wide open. Um, it's called the Sword Sheath. Would be a play on on the situation in town. Um, besides that, that I mean, you guys are free to move about the cabin. Uh, 
Um, whether you guys want to stop here, whether you guys want to continue, um, your travel die will end here. So if you guys want to keep going and passing right through without stopping, we'll need to roll another travel die. But I'll let you figure out what you guys want to do. How late is it? We will say it's probably about 4 p.m. Rook will glance around. Is the rest of the world just this chill? Mm, Depends on where you are. This area is this kingdom tends to be until something happens and then it's very much not, but there are places that are less chill than this. Yeah, I... I'm a city kid, this is weird. Can we stop here for an hour or two? Go get a drink at the tavern? I'm not gonna object to that. Agreed. Sure, I mean, if we need to, we can spend the night here rather than sleep on the road for just a couple extra miles. You know, I would love that if we could do that. Has anyone else been to Nottingham before? There is a a little game that I think uh, you all might enjoy. But we can save that for after the drinks. Maybe before. I don't know how it technically... If if you're thinking of what I think you're thinking of. Can we at least know what the game is before we go further? Agree. It's just a a a, a slight uh, communal attraction rather than a game. It's a, a test of a test of faith, a test of of courage. The High King Swordress here. That sounds interesting. Okay. Uh, Lead the way, then. Maybe after the drinks. A couple of drinks would be a good way to start that. They call it liquid courage for a reason. Exactly. See, Rook gets it. Whichever way y'all want to do it, that's fine. I just need to cross this town off my list of places I've performed. <laughs> well then, the inn is this way. And we will proceed. Sure. Yep. You will, uh, you'll head on over. Uh, the inn will be pretty much doors wide open. Uh, maybe two or three uh, kind of people in there. Behind the counter is a Half elf, uh, brown hair, uh, kind of green eyes, a little bit on the scrawny side, uh, some some like um, five o'clock shadow. Um, he'll just kind of look and nod. Um, let me go ahead and give you a look at him. Whip. There are quite a number of sheep in this area. Never seen so many sheep. Farming town for sure. Well, sheep tend to live where there are farms. Yes. 
People are the best things it. to pet. If you ever want, like a very cuddly pet, sheep. Sheep are the way to go. Really? Yeah, my dad raises sheep. They're very friendly. Hmm. I've I've never pet a sheep actually. Well, if we do it kind of... time. Sorry. I'll um I'll flag the the barkeep to get his attention, and I'll say, "Hail, my friend." Uh, I have a group of uh, compatriots who are in need of some drinks. Yeah. Um, what are you looking we're, for? Ender uh, stuff? Or? Uh, we're just passing through. Uh, I don't believe we intend on staying the night, but if you have a good, good meal set up, I think we'll kindly take to that as well. Yeah. Um, sure we got something to, to kind of munch on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mead's pretty simple. Silver per per mug. Um, you go see what we have in the back as far as food. Um, he'll put up a, a pitcher and a couple of cups uh, before he heads to the back. We were spending the night. I also was under that impression, but Truth be told, not really that, you know, whatever the decision is, is what the decision is. I guess we can always decide after we go take a look at the sword in the stone. There's always time for decisions like these. It's not like the inn's packed. (sighs) Bother me any. Has the bartender come back with drinks, or is he still on back? Oh, he he put uh, mugs on the counter with a full pitcher. It's kind of like honor system right now. He's not okay. like charging you guys till you drink. So, and I'm pretty sure he's sure that by the time you guys are already even starting on a drink, he's he's coming back with food. So, okay. Adeth will pour everyone drinks. Yeah, Rishi will toss a silver kind of like onto the counter. That'll cover me for. At least the first round. And... Arya, did you say that you needed to perform in each town? Yes, that's the goal. Among trying to find a way to record it so that I can sell copies of it, and possibly merchandise, I haven't decided yet. Are you okay with performing to... Rishi will look around at the... at least very empty bar if not completely empty uh so there are two people here um one is a human farmer um brown hair in, in one of those forgettable faces um just a, a general gentleman he's got like a five o'clock shadow dirt smudged all over his face he just came in from the fields and then there is an older gentleman got a long scruffy white beard um He's got kind of like really a cape, but like a, a cape slash robe um, with a small little like leaf brooch. Uh, it, it's a brown cloak, and he's just chilling, really. Um, nothing spectacular about him either, just kind of sipping his beer. Edith will put down uh, a gold and a silver, which should cover the entire group with Rishi's one silver in for two drinks. 
I imagine it would be kind of um, unusual for such an old man to be traveling by himself, um, and it doesn't look like he's paired with the farmer. So can I make some kind of roll to see if I recognize the leaf emblem? Because leaves are my thing. Um, would that yeah. be a history or religion? Up to you, uh, per usual, uh, different information for different roles. Uh, whatever you think will get you the information you want. Um, well, he does seem like a man of some sort of cloth. Maybe maybe a druid or a ranger, perhaps. So maybe I'll go with um, nature, actually. Natural 25. So these are mass-produced pins. Um, they are definitely druid nature. It's it's kind of like one of those things where like, oh, you stop off at the marketplace. Of course, you need a pin for your jacket, so let's grab one. And it's it's kind of like those uh, the fish emblem on on the back of people's cars. They buy it, they shove them on. Half the people barely know what it means. Kind of a situation. Um, but maybe maybe this person is a druid. Um, however, with the face, the emblem. It's hard to, to it's hard to have any recognition of who this person is in general. Um, I'll down his drink rather quickly and maybe hiccup once and uh, wait for everybody else to get settled. Casual time. I'll say racial like man spread, but definitely make himself comfortable in the booth. Kata's got an idea. He's gonna take his drink with him and step outside really quick. How many people can I see walking around? Three or four, maybe, if you're lucky. Depends on how long you stand there. Alright, well, as I'm standing there and walking around, sipping my drink, I will reach out to each of them telepathically. And tell them oh, Sword and Sheath was the name of the tavern, right? Yep. Add on into the Sword and Sheath if you want to see a good performance tonight. Nobody's going to know us. You worry about two people. Um, uh, He's not the first looking as he does it. He's is... just walking by and drinking his, drinking his mug. The first one is a, a maiden, yellow dress, uh, the, like kind of brown hair pulled back into a, a, a bun. And she's going to look around, um, kind of a little spooked, and then she is going to come jog home. <laughs> um, second one's a farmer kind of passing by a cow, and he's going to kind of look around, and for a second he's going to look at the cow. Um, no idea where that came from. Uh, see you, and then just kind of think maybe he heard something but continue on um the third person is going to be you know like a, a kid um but i mean he's just going to kind of scamper off he's got like this um got these old toys the giant uh ring or metal ring sometimes wood and a stick and the more you hit the ring the more it like spins and he's just kind of doing that down the road stick and hoop. all right the old stick and hoop the objection, the ob objection, the objective is to keep it going for as long as possible yep. without it falling. So, so then after, like, after he's gotten everybody to hear him that he can, he'll just stand outside 
the front door and make some sparks with his hand as he drinks with his mug in the other. I'll just shoot some sparks for a while. You're gonna light the mug on fire. Did you follow me? <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you're writing this, oh. this is Alex saying this. That, there's no Irish here. Um, if you have the mug and then it sparks, you're gonna light the alcohol on fire. No, dude. you won't. Meat isn't alcoholic enough to light on fire. Not even the bourbon that I have is alcoholic enough to light on fire. Regardless, Rook is uh, probably keeping an eye through the window, having very little idea of what's going on, but just sipping a drink. Kadith's probably just spooking out the locals. He does do that. Wouldn't be the first time. To be fair, though, if there are any other travelers traveling through for the novelty of the sword, perhaps they're not as unused to hearing things inside their head and might come to, to see Arya. That would be nice. It's not like it matters all that much. One performing to one person or performing to a hundred. Every person that hears is another person to spread my story. Sure, but I can't imagine having no audience is heartening. There are two people here, and I can tailor what stories I tell to the people who are here. Fair enough. Fair enough. This is, this is good. This is very good. I'll pop back another ale. Does anybody scamper their way in after a while, or no? After a while, you'll see a few more fi uh, like farmers pop in. Um, uh, I'd say probably about four or five people. Um, people used to, to working the, the fields and whatnot. Um, I wouldn't say really any adventurers. At least not today. Um, they have so their busy how, times and then their chill times. So. How many people are in there in total? Say ten. Ten? Okay. Yeah. So Arya's gonna go over to the uh, bartender again and very quietly put a gold on the table and say, can you serve a beer to or a mead to everyone in the uh, heaven to all of the Everyone that's not in my party, because we all have drinks already. I'll nod. Yeah. You, if you pay him the coin, he'll definitely do it. So, he'll take the gold and start making his rounds. And it'll make his way I... back inside. Sorry. Um, Ariel then continues and say, do you mind if I perform as well on your stage? No, go ahead. Um don't typically have uh, amusement for the evening, so it'll help. Thank you. And she'll wander over the stage, and this time she'll sit down very calmly, and she'll um, stop playing on her flute and use... Yeah, I think it's Minor Illusion that I have. Yeah, and use Minor Illusion to make little sounds to accompany the images from the flute. And this time, she's telling the story of a farmer who um, picked up their arms at the site of a monster attack and ended up saving the village. Can I get advantage for my minor illusion assisting? Yeah. Alright. And I also, as she's telling the story, I use thaumaturgy to make, like, if there's any flames around, flicker as the story, like 
gets more intense and all. Yeah, if you want. Yeah. Kadith will use prestidigitation to help with the melodies of the notes harmonize a little bit. So that was a 15. Unless I get other bonuses from having more of my wonderful Um, party members helping me. Let's do a plus three. (laughs) So then that's an 18 total. So lovely performance. Um, It'll go off without a hitch. Um, Nobody's going to heckle. Nobody's going to stop. And in fact, once you're done, um, there's going to be this this moment where all of them will stand. They'll pour out a bit of their glass to the floor, uh, clink their glasses together, and then chug. Um, one person will slam their glass down on the table, or not their glass, but their their mug, and uh, he'll he'll just to the hiking. And if he'll join, he'll start slamming his mug. Same. Same. The High King. Because here's a cool thing, right? Um, what the one thing that you probably I don't know if your your character might know this. I don't know if if you knew it directly, but that that story is a direct interpretation of how um, stories tell the first High King retrieve the sword. So, Arya is tell- just telling stories that her father told her that she's written music for. Um, so I don't, I don't think that she would have directly known. She just knows that it would be good to tell a story about farmers doing something heroic to a group of farmers. <laughs> so she picked it purely by accident. Kadeth has seen the drift. Kadeth has seen the grift before, so he's gonna toss three silver up on the stage to see if you can get the wagon going of people tossing <laughs> some coin up there. Um, these guys are farmers; they don't have much. They don't need uh, much. A little bit. Yeah, let's see. You'll get two copper oh. and two silver. That's about um, all they can afford. Every bit helps. Ariel stand up and bow and say, I hope that my song did the story justice. Please remember my name. I'm Aria Chanson. Share my talents as far as you're willing. I mean, you'll hear a hear, like a hear, hear kind of thing, a situation. Yeah. Uh, the old man from before old, uh, he's just kind of he was like to himself he was kind of perched over kind of chilling and just relaxing but you know he's kind of looked more towards the, 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 the you've gotten the most out of him from anybody in this entire time uh, none of the farmers have gotten any look or general acknowledgement kind of a situation I'm gonna grab my coins and then go sit down with the rest of the party. <laughs> so that was an interesting reaction that I was not really expecting. <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't really expecting such an appropriate story. Not that you're uh, inept at choosing appropriate stories, but it was uncanny. I. 
I am telling stories that were told to me in childhood. I figured that story about a farmer would resonate with a group of farmers. That's good intuition. I was a little more correct than I thought I would be. (laughs) I tried to get more people to come in, but I think they were scared of me. Oh, thank you, Kida. We saw. (laughs) It was a good idea. The old man from before is going to kind of approach a bit. Um, I wonder if I might have a bit of a conversation with you. Uh, depends on if that depends on if you're asking for a private conversation or a conversation here at the table. Oh, doesn't matter either. Whatever you're comfortable with. It's about Deal. your story. And she'll smile and say, and wave to a chair close by and say, feel free to pull up a chair then. They'll kind of, you'll see him feebly because like he's got like that, that he's, he's old and frail. He's got like that shaky hand movement. So he like watches his hand. It's going to take him like a good solid minute and a half to get that seat pulled around. Kadeth would, yeah, would get up and help the old man take a seat. Well, uh, you didn't seem knowledgeable about the story we're telling. I mean, not in a disrespectful manner. I mean, I mean that you didn't know how true it rang here. Is that right? Um, you would be correct, actually. It's a story that I remember being told as a child. Ah, I see. It's a very good story. Um. I always thought it was really poetic. I always liked that tale. It was the start of a more beautiful tale than you could ever And he'll he'll kind of uh, reach into his cloak, and he will sit down this uh, this book. He'll scoot it over. I um am heading north. I'm heading to Bravo, where I hope to have my last days. But, I figure somebody who is still telling the tales deserves this. Kind of shakily pat the book. Uh, Ariel will pick it up and open it and slowly like look through the pages. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation. Oh, that's a three. Um, it's Our definitely plan. a diary. Yeah, so you'll you'll probably um, you'll probably read like mid like mid mid book somewhere, and it's it's like dated nearly two thousand years old, but in really damn good condition. Um, 
It's written in the hand of some sort of adventurer. Ariel close it and hold it to her chest and smile at the old man and say, thank you very much. I very, I really appreciate this. Hmm. Have yourselves a lovely night. Safe he'll, travels. He'll get up and he'll nod. I'll head out the door. So look at everyone, set the book back down and go, I think this is a diary. But it's dated like 2,000 years ago. Um, Corey, hearing yes. that, as the man is walking out the door, can I get some sense of his ancestry? Yeah, definitely. Does he look human? Um, I, relatively, yeah, I'd say he's he's human. Okay. Cool. Rook will look confused. If he's passing it on to you, then it's possible somebody passed it on to him. It's going to be a long-running tradition. That's or possible. It come from his family. It's been passed down. Well, I have to spend some time pulling what I can to make some new stories. It's dated that old, you might uncover some stories that haven't been heard in a very long time. It will be very interesting. I'm excited. Would be interested to read read it after you're done. Don't forget, Sol, you have my book to work through as well. <laughs> you, you are correct. Are we staying the night or are we leaving? Uh, what does it look like outside in terms of daylight? Uh, sun's definitely going down. Um, you've got that that kind of amber sky as things are starting to get later in the evening. I'd say it's probably about six, maybe seven-ish. Isla will down a third mug and say, Rook, you were about to say something? Uh, well, I was going to say, I mean, it's getting on in the night, and we did want to go stop by... The, the rock so maybe we stay the night just to be safe can't get much farther with how little daylight we have anyway and try the sword in the stone first thing in the morning I was going to say we can do it now oh we could Edith will put another gold and two silver down for another two rounds of drink for the group how much are definitely get more Uh, rooms here, uh, I think they're going for three silver per room. That's not bad. Do we want to do the same combination? Three three rooms, two each? They worked well last time. I don't see a reason why not. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll put a gold down and say three, three rooms, please. Yeah, coming right up. Um, he'll um, reach around, grab three skeleton keys. Uh, each of them kind of having this this like a uh, little wooden uh, sliver out of a small tree that's been etched with a number. I'll hand them over. Uh, seeing Soul 
pay uh, for all of the rooms. This is like the worst way to pay someone back. Can Rishi slip two silver into Soul's drink? Like literally drop two coins into Soul's mead? Like while Soul's up, just like whoop, whoop. If you want, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have not been drunk in at all, so it will splash. <laughs> it will splash. Let's hope they don't swallow them. If you swallow silver coins, which I assume that big, then like Soul's got some problems with the perception. <laughs> that is I mean, the if weirdest you don't know way. That is the weirdest way I've ever seen someone spike a drink. It's hard to refuse. <laughs> It's already done and drunk. Be metal poisoning. Yeah. Then I got some bad silver, didn't I? You get metal poisoning from a silver coin, then someone's got some bad forgeries. But imagine what else is on those metal coins. They change hands so often. Probably about as clean as that cup. I have I... questions about the bartender's ability to clean then. Because the cups get cleaned far more often than those coins do. That you know of. But, I just... Is this happening? Is this diegetic? Sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> I was going to be like, this. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm prepping something and it clicks something it shouldn't have. After <laughs> hearing Arya... After hearing Arya talk about the, the cleanliness of the coins, Kadith will look suspiciously at the coins he placed down. And he will cast prestidigitation <laughs> over them and clean them. <laughs> oh my gosh, I already feel like that guy. You can clean things just by step. Mm-hmm. Would she have any little bit of stain on her clothing that he could show her with? Just like a. That's up to her. Yeah, that's what I'm asking her. We'll say yes. Yeah, he'll point at a little stain, like on your sleeve or something. Cast prestidigitation. Clean it right up. That is amazing. I need to learn that spell. I'm I'm gonna come back to the table, put the three keys down, look at my drink with the silver, <laughs> and just pass it over to, to Kadips and, and and just say to the table, I don't need money back for it. It's all okay. Kadip will slam the mug. Silver out, put it on the table to cover new drinks. Uh, are we going to do the sword tonight or tomorrow? What was that decision? I apologize. That was. I think we said tonight. Night. Might as well. Might as well. That way, if something bad happens, we can leave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, regardless, what are we waiting for? I don't have anything. (laughs) I hope the blue one doesn't make his shoes off again. Also, wouldn't be the first time we had to leave town after we paid for rooms. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Rishi's kind of already getting up to to stand up and make room for everyone else to slide out of the booth. On we go. So, you guys will head out of the inn. Um, 
As soon as you do, you know, you've probably been drinking, performing a little bit. So it's it's going to be relatively sundown. Um, there's a little bit of light, but not by much. It's more or less uh, by the moon's glow. Right? And as you make your way down the main street, you're going to see a few kind of almost like shifting lights in the main square. Uh, and as you round that corner, you're going to see this uh, kind of like large walkway. Uh, it's got four steps, but they're on like platforms as you continue up. So you get four or five steps, and then a then a landing, and then another four or five steps, and then a landing, and another four or five steps. And the top of that big landing is going to be this this rather large stone. Some might call it slightly a boulder. And in the dead center of it is this uh, rusted piece of scrap heap. Um, it's a sword. But um, you'd be hard-pressed to say that it is um, fight-worthy, uh, beautiful in any way. It's, it's interesting how it got there, for sure. Um, there, is a, there is a small plaque to the side of it that says the King's Blade. Um, may he rest. Um, we thank him for his sacrifice, for those who followed with him. And for the next king to come. Or queen. Who's up first? Edith will have two mugs in his hand. <laughs> and he'll he'll turn and hold one out for somebody to grab. Rook will take it. I really? guessed as much. <laughs> so Kadith will mug in, uh, mug in left hand go up and grab the blade with his right hand. Uh, go ahead and give me a, uh, a D10,000, please. One, two, three, four, four. Out of curiosity, what's the number that we need to roll? I keep that ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like one out of 10,000. Chances are it's not going to happen. Um, doesn't even budge. Um, for 1,345 doesn't even budge um, it is strangely sturdy for all the rust um, it, it is yeah it's, it's, it's not going anywhere it will turn frog and gesture over at it with his hand I'll try it alright D10,000 See it. So pleasing. Those are two pleasing numbers. Those are pretty good. 7,675. There is um, this feeling that you get when you touch it. It's, it's going to remind you of floating. Um, but not like on water, somewhere deep pressure. And there is just, I I would say music that isn't really anything that you've heard before. Um, or, or, or you have, you just, you can't remember where it comes from. 
and the more you listen to it, it's it's like a memory escaping you. The sword won't move. Uh, as she lets go of the the sword, she. For the first time, I think anybody besides Cadis, well, she is not like her normal, like, stone face. She's wide-eyed and just confused before she, like, lets go and walks back and, and just be like, uh, nothing. Didn't look like nothing. Cadis gives her the people's eyebrow. Yeah. I can't do it, so... Yeah, I can't raise a singular eyebrow, but Kadeth raises on, a singular no. eyebrow at soul. I just she, uh, she she won't respond, but she she does look a little freaked out. He'll stand by her, like lean into her a little bit, give her a nudge. I'm I'm fine. So she like points the sword and just like any anybody else. Real Keisha guy. I'll uh, let you all go first. It's it's fine. Uh, and oh, by the way, she will hand Kadith back his alcohol on drunk. <laughs> you'll hear um. Uh, you'll you'll hear shuffling to the side. Um, there'll be uh, kind of somebody coming uh, from the alleyway to the right of the, the whole square. Um, as we relax here a bit, we're going to notice the, the dancing lights um, seem to be kind of moving around the square. And there's going to be one that kind of floats from this person, uh, more so into the main square. Um, let me go ahead and see if I can get you guys a few of them, if you're interested. If not, she's going to... Um, kind of pull out a book and inscribe notes. Upon hearing, the movement, the group. upon hearing the movement at first, Kate's hand probably would have dropped to the dagger at his side and he would have looked around. Let's see what we got to look at. Mm. While that's happening, Arya's going to go try to pull the sword. A D10,000, please. One thousand four hundred and twelve. Um, there is this uh, kind of feeling of, of calmness, as if for just a split second, there is nowhere you needed to go nothing you needed to do and you knew that for the first time you know if you wanted something that you yourself had the power to do it and it's it's this whelming feeling that comes from the pit of your gut and just kind of radiates outward but it comes in a wave because as you, you 
grab that handle and you, you pull on it, it doesn't move. That's really cool. Uh, Meadow wise, just real quick, Ilo, mm -hmm. Ilo and Rishi would have kind of stopped through here, so I assume we've done this tourist bit before, right? Is that safe to assume, Ilo? Um, I was going to assume Ilo um, had had done this before, but many years before. Um, oh. But uh, he'll um, he'll kind of uncross his arms and, and say like, well, I'm a changed man in many ways than I was so many years ago, so I might as well give it another try. See what happens. If for nothing else than the fun of it, right? Exactly. A good story to tell. <laughs> Even though, well, uh, it was a more interesting story last time, and he grabs a strip of cloth from his from his person, from his armor, and he wraps it around, and there's some leather in there too, he wraps it around his hand several times, so he's got like a big boxing glove. Unworked iron. <laughs> Allergies. And he, uh, he goes to pull the sword. Sure. Uh, D2000. Oh, I love the nighttime picture. Oh, wow. We crazy. are, like, does... hitting one of two numbers, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, 7,565. Um, it's... Hmm. It's not really going to do much. Um, you're going to kind of touch the handle. And you're going to kind of grip it slightly and a little bit of rust will fall off. And it might make you think that it, it's kind of coming out for a bit. And then you look at your hands, you get rust all over it. And it, it hasn't moved, but for like a second, you thought maybe. Um, seeing as this isn't the first time you've touched it, you probably know that feeling of, of just there is something about this item, which is probably why it stand it still stands here today and and nobody's taking down or moving it. There's just this really weird embodied feeling that comes from this thing. Uh, for each person it's different, but it gives them a significant feeling of, of, of something. Um yeah. I'll uh, unwrap my boxing mitt uh, that I went to grab it with, and I'll shake out all the rust and use Druidcraft to like puff bits away from myself as uh, some drift towards my feet, and and they'll light up. The bits of rust will light up like embers, and then fade into the platform. Rishi will do the after you motion to to Rook. I've Oh, Lord, please. Before. Rishi will and just I kind of casually, casually, like, one hand go and, like, like just touch it. Just, like, pull it, like, didn't work the first time, probably won't work this time. Uh, what do you do already? <laughs> let me make sure. Okay. Yeah, about yeah, the same. Yeah. yeah. 
We're either in the one four hundred range or the seven six hundred range. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so seven thousand four hundred and seven. Um. So you get this disembodied feeling. It is warming, but it's almost like you're floating above yourself. There is this disconnection almost from the mortal plane for a bit. And you feel calm. Um, it's going to last for a short bit, uh, about 30 seconds or so. It's, it's better than most massages or, 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 or any kind of like spa day you've ever had. And then all at once, everything's going to kind of come back. And it's that it's that letdown of of almost this really nice relaxed high, really. It's just coming back to everything. As I said, tried it before, and I don't think you guys would have uh, not noticed if I was hiking. And then <laughs> Rishi will take a step back and once again do the after you motion. There's going to be a moment, though, where the stone, after having that moment, is going to kind of crack to the right side. Please tell me that happens while Rishi is saying, like, I'm pretty sure you would have noticed. (laughs) And and Rishi will do what I just did, the, like, hands up, like, whoa, didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it, not me, (laughs) lotion. Well, maybe it will make it happened. easier for me. Say, loosened it up for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want uh, to investigate the creek? Yes. <laughs> it's up to you guys. I mean, I, I want to investigate the crack. I always want to investigate the crack. <laughs> the only crack I'll be investigating. <laughs> so. We want investigation? Uh, investigation work um perception's also good too whatever you guys want to use um like i said each one of them are going to give you different kind of views oh i'm gonna do in, perception instead so ignore my 10 investigation investigation invest oh so we both did the negative stat roll <laughs> yeah Boom. So i'll do something uh, different i just Five, don't think aria nine. would like go up to it and go like look at it <laughs> Alright, so we got uh, investigation of 14 for Alex, uh, 10 investigation perception. for Aria, 11 perception, yeah. uh, Max, uh, 5 investigation, and re- uh, Chris got a 9 arcana. So let's let's go over this, because I'm sure at this point you guys are going to hear, see, dust, uh, you know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get like that crack kind of forming. And this boulder is relatively large, so even with the sword at top, you're going to have a small crack to the right side of it, nowhere near the blade. So, through a quick investigation, like kind of running your fingers along the crack, there is something just underneath of it. And as you kind of run those fingers, more of that that rock comes off, and there's going to be this pommel of something um, actually in the blade. Or not in the blade, in in the stone. Um, perception is going to clearly tell you that it, it it's releasing something 
but not the High King's Blade. Um, and Arcana will tell you that in the history of this entire thing, the High King's Blade isn't the only thing out of this boulder that is of note. Other things have come from it. Um, people have found hidden compartments or it's released things. Um, magic has happened. It's gone off. It's it's given more than one gift throughout its many years of being here since nearly the the dawn of anyone can remember. Um, since Rook was the one who was running her hand over the rock to find that pommel, can she try and take it out before she goes to the the, the sword? Uh, you can definitely try. Okay. What do I gotta roll? Uh, give me an athletics. Okay. Something I'm good at. Uh, pause before you click. Pause seeing, it. seeing Rook reach in there, Isle or Ilo taking control of your character. Rishi will kind of lean <laughs> over the railing. Uh, be careful. I suppose these things tend to be dangerous. And as he says dangerous, you can kind of feel like a ringing in your head as your like brain starts to vibrate, uh, and you can take inspiration. Oh, noted. Uh, she kind of backs up, looking vaguely uncomfortable, but she will roll nonetheless. Okay, and can okay. I use my inspiration on that? It's a skill check, so... You can. What what is what is the oh sorry, what is the D six D six it's a D six until level five so dirty twenty total it won't budge wow in fact you'll get a nasty little zap from it does it uh, maybe no um kind of like a static shock no. Okay, somebody else try this fucking sword. I'm gonna do the, the big one. Rishi will hop down. Um, I don't know if we had to take steps down, like, or if she had to take steps down. Hop over the thing, the take side. steps. Yeah. Whatever you want. Uh, uh, if I, I walk through it with him. I think I, since I broke it, maybe I should buy it. I don't Whatever this metaphor is. Rishi's just gonna kind of, like, try to very quickly pull it out. Yeah, so uh, go ahead and give me an athletics. Oh yeah, you know, with that negative one strength. Where's, come on, character sheets. You've on. got this, it's okay. Uh, athletics. Yeah, five. five. I, um, <laughs> you're gonna have a plus 20 to that. Oh. Well, um, because 25. with a 20, with a 25, um, it, the rock around it is going to crumble more. Um, Rock that was sturdy that Rook touched uh, will, will kind of crumble. And eventually your hand will, will kind of reach around that little circular pommel and you'll you'll pull and out's going to come this, this short sword. And it's, oh. it's not spectacular, let's put it that way. It is a, uh, a white padded uh, wrapped handle. Um, it has an old... Um, kind of King Arthurian uh, kind of hilt uh, the the guard to it, but the blade itself is worn, old, 
uh, kind of chipped in certain places. Um, as far as it goes, it has a negative one to it when using it. Um, but there is this weird feeling that it just it feels right in the hand. Okay. Clap on the back. Looks like you got yourself a little gift there, Rishi. Uh, I'm the High Prince or something, and Rishi will start kind of doing, you know, I don't know what the non-karate form of a kata is, but we'll start doing that. So, as you kind of shift and move it, the, the blade is going to kind of resonate. Have you ever seen something, like, vibrate? If you've ever, like, shaved something in, like, strobe, how you watch it, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does that effect. Is it Ooh. a minus one just to hit, or a minus... Minus one all around. Minus one okay. to damage, minus one to hit. Alright. Cool. Putting that in my character sheet. But it... It feels good in the hand, despite the minus one. Correct. I have it on my character sheet. Um, you will sword. you will receive a plus two to perception while holding it. Ooh, okay. Awesome. Things just seem crisper. <laughs> uh, after watching Rishi have his moment with his new toy, um, Rook will step up to the High King's sword and attempt to pull it and probably not believe that it's going to work, but give it a shot anyway. One D 10,000, please. Alright, one or seven. One thousand or seven thousand. Whoa, different! That's a new number. Pretty close um, to the ten thousand markish. So, it's definitely not going to budge. Um, you'll you'll get kind of pushed back from the handle. There's going to be this um, this magical force that's going to kind of like push outward from the blade's handle, which is going to make your fingers release from it. Um, you're going to get this feeling that there is something up north. that is beckoning you. It's 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 in the back of your head. It's miles away, though. Something's pinged on your radar, and it's not going to disappear. It's it's almost like there is this, this pull, this gravity to it. Um, but it's not here. North, generally, not north specific? Like, is there a specific direction besides north? Like, can I think of a city? Just north. Okay. Nope. It is very generalistic. It is a gut feeling more so than it is some sort of effect or or anything like that. Yeah, a gut feeling of that way. Yeah. Um, Rook will pause. Kind of cock their head a little bit. And then step back and put on a fake smile for the group and say, you know, I prefer the flail anyway. 
Don't worry, Rook. It uh, it has a different effect for everybody. And Can't all be winners. <laughs> your airy little I mouth. Feel, I don't feel anything. I I think I've had enough excitement for one day, and I think I'm gonna retire to the room. The lady inscribing from earlier uh, will will kind of curve around the side a bit, trying to uh, gather notes, uh, maybe sketching something in the book. But she's going to be like kind of like looking at Rishi and the item. Looks like you caught someone's attention. I always do. I feel it's important just playing with this toy. Yeah, I feel it's important for the listeners for when this goes to podcast form to know that that Jace is just making swinging uh, uh, yeah. motions with the sword and the camera. It, I'm having it, a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, I was going to actually start walking forward towards this lady, like looking down at her, um, but with like a really sweet <laughs> smile and. He's as he gets within like five paces or so, he's gonna hold out a giant hand and um, with one finger curled into the palm of his hand, he's gonna hold out for a handshake. He's gonna say, A researcher, perhaps, fellow academic, Dr. Um, I'm okay. She'll, she'll put her charcoal kind of pen uh, in, in her other hand while she kind of cresses it with her arm. Um, she'll shake her hand. Shake your hand. Um, uh, hi. Um, um, I'm just uh, a scribe, Zina. Um, I I am kind of hired to stay here uh, and record what comes uh, from the stone. Any interactions. And report back to Graydon. It's been kind of going on for a couple of years. It was uh, put in place uh, by uh, an old king. Not the sword, but the the scribe. Well, I hope we made your day a little bit more interesting. Is not? Yes. Um... I haven't seen anything really pulled from that in 30 years. Who was the last? Um, 30 years ago, someone pulled an orb from the left side. Must have been a good orb. Must have. Um, typically, people who come to try their hands here just kind of go their own way. I don't see many returning um, besides the ones who, you know, kind of see it as a uh, just an attraction, really. That makes sense. Well, I suppose it is a remarkable day when anything is pulled from the sword, then. Yes. Um, I would say it's the 
first time in a very long time a weapon's been pulled, so stay cautious. Um, I don't think anything from the stone is cursed, but there are many magical items that do have downsides. We'll be sure to take your advice under advisement. Um, if well, it is getting late. Um, we happen to leave a, a pitcher half full in the inn. Um, if you think that your shift is done for the day, you're welcome to what's left. Oh no, I'm I'm here for uh, the rest of the night. Very well. Edith will leave his second mug. Well, it was nice to meet another academic on the road, but uh, I think I am going to retire it as well. Um, and he's going to motion towards Sol, who is is um, heading back towards the end. Okay. Rishi, perhaps we can uh, study that sword in more detail in our room. <laughs> sure don't know that there's much room for sword work, but there's always room for sword play. And Rishi will uh, sheathe it and uh, walk uh, uh, with a, a as, sheath that he has. As you sheathe it, um, you'll hear a very uh, discerning sound from your other short sword. Um from basically blade to hilt, right where the, the blade meets the hilt, the hilt will snap off and fall to the ground. Well. Thank goodness I've blade? got two. I mean, I've got two anyway, but that's fine. This thing looked better, I think. So. Uh, um. Scrap in, or I could drop it off at a local blacksmith. This. I don't think it's worth repairing, but they can, and they can maybe make a little bit of money. Is there a, like, lake in this town? Anything like that? Um, I mean, there's a small pond to the north. I would call it a lake. I think Kadith will make his way over to the pond. Okay. Find a tree by it and sit out underneath of it. What kind of night is it outside? So there are um, kind of relaxing sounds. You got a few carts in the background every so often. Definitely like at cows. Uh, there are just kind of people moving to and from. And the sky is going to be, I wouldn't say cloudy, kind of open, um, twinkling stars and the three moons. Yeah. It's going to like lean back against a tree by the pond, just sit and look over it. I think this might be where he spends his night. Is everybody else heading back to the uh, sword's sheath in? Um, I think that Arya's at least going to check on Kadath first. And then she'll come back later to the inn. 
Okay. So she'll probably spend like an hour or two sitting out there with him, try to teach him to read a little bit more. Alright, let's do <laughs> See it. See if we can get another good roll. Let's do it. Intelligence check. Not very good. So, I mean, decent grasp on the beginning stuff. Um, how to articulate, how to um, you know, basically sound things out for the most part. But there's going to come a time where during your your teachings, there's a very eerie and strange feeling. You know, there was that that weird kind of relaxation, that that warmth, that um, kind of chill. And that's going to go away for a bit. Out in the center of that pond, there's going to be this um, orb. And it is going to be... I'm going to say it, it's a mixture of like a... a a blue uh, with like black kind of swirling about it. It's it's not shedding light or anything. It's this 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 form and it hits down into the water. And the moment it touches it, it's just gonna freeze all the way up to the edge of the pond. Um, absolutely rock solid. And then it'll disappear. No, will the ice disappear? No. The how, ice just disappears. How thick yeah. would you say the ice is? About as deep as the pond is. It, it's frozen solid yeah, all I, of the water. I ain't blasting like through that. No. Even if you did try blasting into it, right? you'll still find that it's not like your average kind of freeze over. You know, normally in the winter, you know, you've got that thin layer, you break through, there's a lot of water underneath. There is not a single sheet of, like, there's nothing. All of it's frozen. All the way down to the rock bed. Arya's like a deer in headlights looking at where the orb touched the water. I should go check it out. See if there's anything I, strange there. I don't think you should. I think that we should go back to the inn. I think that this should just be another story. Be spot run. <laughs> okay, that we'll uh, get up and kind of like, you know, usher Arya past him a little bit. Looking over his shoulder at the pond as they start walking back towards the inn. How so, does he feel about it? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, is there anything different to him? Patron-wise? Something like that? No. No. Uh, not patron-wise. Uh, but as you're kind of walking back and you're noticing this, you're going to see that uh, the pond water is cracking 
um, and pieces, shards of the ice are starting to float anywhere between a few centimeters to about six feet over the pond. And it's it's taking like a solid two, three inches off the top. If you've ever seen the spell Cloud of Daggers, oh. very beautiful in a way. But it, it, they're not daggers, they're just shards of ice. Oh. Yeah, which can be just as yeah. dangerous as daggers. Kata seeing that is going to hold his hand out and whisper some arcane invocations and he will cover himself in an icy sheet as he casts Armor of Agathis. And as right. they're walking, he will place himself between Arya and the pond as best as he can. Um, Arya's gonna cast heart to heart and just say, we're gonna be fine. As long as we're together, we're going to be okay. As she's, like, staring at that. Just... <laughs> Just go, let's go. Get out of here. And we're both continuing to walk back towards the end. Alright. Are you are you watching this at all or just like, edit this? Yeah, we're I think we're both looking right. over our shoulders watching it, but continuing to walk to town. The orb from Defour is going to shift into a form. It is going to kind of reappear in the center of uh, the lake, and you're going to see more kind of crack. And it, it's it's going to have dozens of pieces of shard. And it's going to kind of walk from the pond with these shards following it uh, to the center, right near the sword. It's, it's not going to touch the sword. But it's going to scream very loudly very angrily and in a, in a wail that can only be a mixture of both pain and anger and as it does each one of those shards are going to shoot out towards the buildings in a complete encompassing you know 360 around it centered from the form itself it will break windows it will um, shatter stone in some places it will um, fling frozen dead fish um, up against barrels and bricks and the entire square uh, will be kind of just broken um, and that form disappear is that even going to hit us? I think they're going to bounce off your armor okay because I was going to say if they start shooting out he would like kind of square up as best as he can to protect Arya from it. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't think you're necessarily like right around it. So it, it's it's cold damage. I believe uh, it deals cold damage and it gives you temp five temporary HP for the duration. So no matter what it does, it's not going to affect you, but it does some devastation to the buildings. You, the the shard will hit Kadith at the back. Hold on a second. We love a good alarm. The shard will hit Kadith in the back, and he'll close his eyes a bit, and Arya will see the the ice around him crack and slough off his body. And then he'll just shake his head and say, "Should we go check on that nice girl who was standing by the 
by the sword. Yeah, what if she's still around? <clears throat> she said she was staying all night. We should go find her, make sure that she's okay. Do either of us have message or, like, any way to communicate with the party? Not unless they're within 30 feet of us. Sorry, guys, looks like you're getting left out. I uh, mean, I assume we can hear the <laughs> scream and the noise of the explosion. Yes? Oh, yeah. The oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, Rishi will have to put his shoes on, but we'll, we'll be back. We'll be out there as soon as boots are laced up. The the first thing that Isla will do will check Rook's room because that's where Arya normally rooms, and he'll he'll knock on the door. And, uh, uh, Rook say, will okay. Oh, Rook will open the door before you can speak, and just say, "What the fuck was that?" Holding her flail. Arya's not in there, is she? No, no, it's just me. She she went to go visit Kadev or something. Rishi. Sol? We'll knock on uh, Sol and Kadeth's room. Uh, Sol's door, after the scream, Sol's door had been already open and she'd been running out. Kadeth will look to Arya. Stay behind me. Yep, I'm cool with that. As long as I'm still up, then you're still alive, so this is that's fine by me. I will be right here. He will re-up his armor. Use the last spell <laughs> slot to re-up his armor. Okay. We're, we're gonna and, go search for the yeah, girl. <laughs> we're gonna go make our way to try to find Any the girl. Okay. I, uh... Do you want to help me, or do you want me to help you? Um... Edith is not the brightest. Do you have proficiency in investigation? Nope, I have proficiency in per perception, though. Then you could give me advantage. Well, now, Cora, you specifically want investigation to go look. Investigation, perception, uh, either are fine. Uh, I think there's all both deal with like searches. Um, right, so then... investigation is more like a hands-on kind of thing, moving barrels and, and, and broken pieces and stuff like that. Uh, perception is, is just generally what you can see laying around. Okay. Um, we could both roll investigation look around, but neither of us have... I'll do a perception to look around, and then if we need to, we can hone in a little bit more. Okay. A 12. 12? So, um, I'm going to come around the way. That form is going to kind of reappear. <laughs> no. And she is going to point to you. For as long as they stand, destruction shall follow. As long as who stand? Does she? Can Kadeth reach out to this form's mind? Can he feel anything connect if he tries to? Um, you're gonna you're gonna feel a wave of like f psychic, just 
wall there. It, it, it does not want you to connect. It will not let you. And whatever it is is strong enough to stop you. Does okay. she respond to my question? <laughs> For as long as who stands? Those who believe to be heroes. Will last long enough to become the villains. Mark my word. And it'll disappear. With a 12... Sorry. No, no, you're fine. You go. Ari's just confused. As you're as you're kind of reeling from that that psychic yeah. push, Kate is kind of um, down, almost down to a knee with that. Like that. You're hurt. gonna you're gonna kind of touch the ground, and as you pull your hand back, you're gonna see blood. Ah. Not yours. Um, but if you look over to the right, um, kind of pushed up against the wall, several shards of of ice obscuring them is the female from earlier. Is she alive? She just dead. She is deceased. Uh, impaled. Alright, Arya's gonna scream and take a few steps back. There you go. Um, oh, does he... I, I want to say that um, Ilo, at least, will be there, but since yeah. everybody else was all together, I imagine if we could agree that at least by the time that the figure disappears, we we're all in the square together. Yeah. Sure. Just before I would assume Arya screams. It is at that point, you know, when when the thing yelled at them, he like, you know, put an arm out behind him to like, you know, cover as much space as he can. And she then didn't he... yell. Um, I, th well, after the scream, she she just kind of pointed and spoke. Oh yeah, the point. And... Yeah, it was the point that he yeah. found threatening. That's why he would have, you know, <laughs> made him made himself big enough to block block little Arya from view because she is a small one, and. Then, basically down to one knee as he reaches out telepathically, and then the sight of blood, and then the scream, and then the rest of the group's here. Do we see the the figure, or did it disappear? It's gone. We are there for the, the tail end of its prophecy. Yeah. At but... least for, like, the part where she's pointing at Kadath and Arya. Mm -hmm. Here's the perfect time. Can I take a break from this moment? And take a break completely. Let's grab some water. Um, grab bathroom breaks. We'll be back in about five minutes. And we can pick this scene up right where we left off. Uh, give us some time to think what we want to do next and everything like that. Um, for those of you who are here, thank you guys for following. Uh, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to. Uh, oops, yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah. A shout out to followers. Let's also give a nice shout out to Sirenscape, who makes this beautiful, spooky mu music that I think we're using. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Cobalt Press, who, not yet, but we do use their monsters. And yeah. a shout out to anyone else, Corey? Uh, Solo Metronic. 
Um, there we go. So you just followed. Yay, thank you. Uh, no, thanks, they guys. followed a while ago. I'm just having it replay some of the followers oh, so that we can thank them. Ah. Yeah. Bis this this I cannot so, pronounce Bizolve? that. Bizolve? <laughs> I'd like to have Bizolve. And uh, I know who that is. That's one of my other D, uh, uh, DMs. Let's see if I can get it to do it. And Bubbly Noodle. Thank you, Thank guys you for, following. for following. We'll be right back. We'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the break and we'll be we'll be around soon. Play trivia with us. Yeah. Please. Hi, everybody. Hello. Sorry about that. Uh, just needed a quick break. We needed to uh, get something to drink, grab some uh, bathroom breaks, that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, when we last left off, we were dealing with some absolute crazy stuff in town. Um, and we have, unfortunately, a corpse on our hand. Maybe a mystery. Actually, don't mm-hmm. think Kadeth would be able to say anything right now. His head got fucked up, and he's probably just down on a knee in front of Arya. Uh, so, a scary scream and a body. Can you connect those dots for us, please? I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. We were sitting at the lake, and then there was this orb. It touched the water, and the entire lake froze. Like, not just the top of it, the entire lake froze. Like, there was no water left. So we thought that was weird, so we started getting up when this figure appeared on the ice. And then the ice started breaking up and floating around her. And we really decided we had to leave, so we started walking away. And she started walking out of the lake towards the sword. The shards of ice followed her until she got to the sword and screamed. And then all of that ice shot outwards and absolutely destroyed everything. We came back over here to look to find her and Arya won't even look at the body at this point, like she's looking at the floor. And I... Can I make a arcana roll now that my my after Arya's explanation, I feel like my brain would have settled down a little bit. Can I make an Arcana roll to see if any of that makes sense and anything I can figure out? Sure. Um, Magic-wise, uh, with 14 and Arcana, the spell uh, that was cast is clearly a Cloud of Daggers uh, with an alteration to it. Um, probably casted at a higher level say seven eight maybe um and then 
I mean, everything else, though, it's, it's hard to tell uh, what that figure was. It's not a smell that you know of. Um, I don't think it's anything that you've, you've ran into before. Um, I don't think this would require any sort of check, but can I observe whether or not the ice that is piercing Isna's body is starting to melt, or if any of the ice has started to melt that was shot around the uh, town square? Um, the ice is definitely melting. Um, okay. The pond itself has... Um, kind of started to reconstitute itself into liquid because the temperature, I mean, you're dealing with like late summer. So, um, it's, it's pretty much melting fairly quick and, and the ground itself underneath of it is fairly warm from the early morning. So that's going to unthaw pretty quickly. Um, the issue is that as it unthaws, all the fish that were in it are going to be dead. Um, they'll float to the top. Is Sol out here? Yeah. So Kadith looks at the ice, looks at himself, and then looks to Sol and in her head, still here. Hurt me with a spell, please. Don't blame me if they see me like this. Say that again. Hit me with a spell or something and hurt me, because if they see me like this, they'll blame me. Okay. And she will... Like sacred flame to Adam to to burn away the ice. He will not. Wait, why does that make it? Don't don't hurt him. Just to make him look like it, he will be fine. They won't blame him. Besides, isn't it suspicious to be covered in fire, like to be burnt when the attack was clearly with the ice? All of this is suspicious. We're the first people to find the body. Of course, we're going to be under suspicion. Kindly to me. They'll find any reason they can. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They'll find any reason they can to blame me. Soul knows this. There is going to be another scream, uh, just down the way, uh, around an alleyway, and then a, a shattering. Wait, hey, hold on. That's, That's not nearly as loud as I took. Yeah. Um, one second, because that wasn't nearly as loud as I was hoping. Crank up the volume. It's admittedly loud, but yeah. There we go. Did we check that out? Rook's just going. No, I'm gonna grab Kadith. He looks panicked. Yeah. He's, he's normally pretty pretty even faced and but he looks panicked come on we need to see what this is about um. she'll have hold, holding on to Gaith will follow rook uh, yeah I was I was following as well we need to make sure that no one else is suffering the aftermath of the explosion. Uh, I'm going to grab the um, Isna's notebook, though, with the intent in filling out the details and sending it to Brayden. Uh, 
Aria Kate at the ball were moving. You said that there was this figure. Was this figure substantial, corporeal, or were they were they an absence of a lack of? Ori, remind me if I'm wrong, but it was like a figure of the orb with ice surrounding it, basically, kind of like an ethereal figure. So it started as a black and blue kind of energy orb, which then took form. And I, I want you to think of like the like crystal blue water mixed with like black wispy smoke, and that's constantly kind of flowing and moving from the form. Um, sorry, it's just I, I don't I don't know I don't know I'm sorry. There we go. Okay. Um, the the professor would. I think is probably the one with the most expertise, but I don't know if this description would be. Sometimes I know the right questions to ask to get his mind going. Uh, this is not like anything I've seen before, and I've seen a lot of things in the water. The, the, the water Falling is not where I excel. Um, I'm sure after a bit of conversation, because we're talking, we're moving. Um, you guys will kind of turn around the corner and along the side of um, this, this kind of mill, uh, they use it for like grain and rice and, and stuff like that. There is a um, a large destruction uh, that has words etched into the side of the building. Um, and it just states, your heroes shall fall. Angry ghost. Uh, Corey, since I'm leading the charge, yes. can I look around and see if there is any further destruction? Because we heard a scream. Like, where that came from, if that is another body, if there's more to come. Can I just get a general it's, sense it's, of the scenario? It's more like that, that echoey, that, that almost that siren scream that you heard earlier. The, the, the banshee scream that caused the shattering in the main square. That, that kind of scream that happened down this hallway. Um, one would believe it, it would probably the same sp spirit or, or being or, or phantom um, that caused the first one because okay. it is the same voice okay so it, it is that voice almost yes. instinctually I don't want to make a check but instinctually Rook will just kind of glance out and try and get a sense beyond her own periphery of vision uh, can I use divine sense Hey, I'm gonna use Divine Sense for the first time, and can I sense? Uh, give me a second to pull that up for you, actually. Undead fiends. Uh, okay, celestial. Hey, celestial. Outsiders, basically. Yeah, outsiders <laughs> and uh, consecrated or desecrated places, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this presence of strong easel, evil uh, registers, like a noxious odor, a powerful ring, and the heavenly music of your ears. As an action, you can use your awareness to detect such forces until the end of your next turn. You know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet behind the total cover. There is nothing that pings off that. However, because you're reaching out with something that just feels... So like your senses, like you're, you're closing your eyes, you're feeling your senses. There's going to be a moment where 
you're gonna feel like things are gonna pull away from you. And if you look around, everybody's frozen for a second. Um, and if you look around, you'll you'll notice that you're actually like separated from your body, just standing there. Um, but standing behind, um, I would say Ilo. Uh, there is a feminine character. Um, she is made of wispy smoke and that blue aura and you'll blink and then she'll be in your face like set like centimeters from your face and she'll like grab your armor kind of pulling you in and just say <clears throat> and then she'll dissipate and you'll be back in your body i'm sorry what did you say what did she... yeah run basically in a very distorted very <laughs> Distorted form. Rook, for the first time since you all have met Rook, will scream and I, I think just fall back for a second. Uh, Ari will run over and make sure that she's not hurt. Um, I, reaching will also look over, but while all of that is going on, you said that something was like graffitied or like carved in, like those words. How was that done? Um, it so it looks like it, it it was done in a very specific way. It's it's almost magic, okay. um, in a certain degree. It, it it caused physical damage to the building, um, but it, I would I wouldn't say the lettering came out of magic. Somebody something used force to kind of etch this into the stone. Okay. Um, is there any, like, trace of it? Like, we saw that there was ice in the last scene. Like, if I look in, like, the lettering, does it, like... The lettering has blood kind of oh. leaking every once in a while. And I will say this. From the one thing that's going to stick out in Rook is it was wispy, it was weird, it was crazy. But the moment that thing was, like, inches from your face, the one thing that you're going to remember is that the eyes were an aquine blue white on the outside bleeding blood from each side of the face out of the tears almost like tears i i i i um i i was just trying to look around and then all of a sudden everything went frozen and uh, and then it was in my face and bleeding tears of blood. What what was in your face? We the, need to the, go. The specter thing. We need to get out of here. We, we need, need to, to leave. This is, yeah, this is very much above our pay grade here. Um, Are we they can keep town? the gold. They could keep the gold. This, uh, Kata, gold. yeah. <laughs> Kata will put a hand down to help Rook up. Rook will take it. Uh, Let's boost her up. We can, you know what? To be completely honest, we can make camp tomorrow night. Let's put some distance between us and here. No, I this... don't. Yes, let's go. This isn't what we're paid for. We need to get out of here. We sure do. <laughs> and 
Reese will basically do the like Shaggy slash Scooby Doo run away, where you like float in the air for a little bit and then like, like. We're we're heading out of town. We're going. We are going. Going as fast as our legs can take. When a ghost says "get out," you get out. All right. When a ghost is like "run," you're like "cool." I think we're not dumb people in a horror movie. We are genre savvy. Let's get out. <laughs> well, it is up to you guys where you want to go next. Uh, let me zoom into the map. Our quest is Hollywood, correct? Yeah, so we can yeah. technically shave like a day off travel if we, we like, break through the road, but like, I don't, I, Jace, don't think that's worth it. Arya will be aggressively pushing for Whitegate. Like, she wants to stop at every single town and sleep in an actual bed. Let's move fast <laughs> so we can get out of this area. Well, it's Arya's turn to roll a travel die, by the way. Uh, oh, no. Actually, it's my turn. Is it? Did you not roll yeah, it? I did not roll. Oh. Hey! And with everything that has happened, and I think we want to get as fast away from this place as possible. I think we should. I think I would like to roll one, a d12. One, one, one. Okay. One, uh, let's see. Uh, it takes 12 days to get to Hollymead. So you could probably, with a d12, if you roll really well, you'll cut nearly half the travel completely. You might even make it to Whitegate. Um, uh, let me judge the distance here to Whitegate. So 142. It's like five days. Yeah. Yeah, about. Sorry. About almost exactly. Yeah. About about six days, roughly, okay. uh, give or take, if you follow the road. Um. So yeah, let's uh, if that's what you like to do, let's go ahead and give that a roll. One, one, one. Let's get ones in chat. Damn. An Eleven. Got two ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Double snake eyes. Technically a one. <laughs> so. Number. The first thing is the first first day slash night on the road. You're gonna make great time, absolute <laughs> great time. We're scared. But the next morning, everybody is going to be sluggish for that entire day. Um, everybody's gonna receive a penalty um, as uh, no sleep was had that night. Uh. Um. So an exhaustion, but we're gonna be on the road for a few days. No sleep or no like no break. Well, for the for that night, you guys didn't sleep. Was you it a sleep town. or a break? No break, because there's there's that. I mean, oh, well, you didn't you didn't sleep. Therefore, in lies that you had a point of exhaustion that each of you had to deal with for that day. Doesn't matter because you guys are gonna be on the road for several yeah, days. Okay. By the next night, you guys are gonna get a full rest. That exhaustion will go away, and you guys will be a good footing. From there on, you guys will head uh, continuing south-ish. You guys will kind of crest this this hill about halfway, and you'll see Whitegate. Um, there is a uh, a forest kind of to the left uh, as you guys are, are passing just the main road, and there's this fear off where it says Adventure Hut for the night on your I'd say say your fourth night. And it's 
it's this free place where, you know, they set these uh, kind of like little huts up for adventurers. Adventurers can leave items behind to help other adventurers. A lot of time it's, it's recommended to, to leave a potion or, or maybe an extra blanket or, or something like rations behind in these places for the next adventurer or a traveler to come through. And it's, it's a safe place to stay with a locked door throughout the night rather than camping out in the wilderness. Now, I'll let you guys decide if you want to use that that night as things start getting darker, if you want to stay and follow the road. It's up to you. I stay at the adventurer's hut. Be better than sleeping on the, on the like, making our own camp. Less time. Better than ghost town. Truthfully, <laughs> I am fine either way. Time. A nice dry hut sounds really good to me. Um, this sounds good to me. There's often a tradition that uh, adventurers leave behind goods for one another at these kinds of locations. Perhaps there is something that we might find of use here, and if not, we can pass on a favor to someone else who will travel down this road in the future. Sounds good to me. Seems like we could all use some good juju. That would be really nice. I don't have much to leave. Uh, I guess other than this broken sword, but I don't think that's something you just want to leave. I feel like that's kind Give of someone. <laughs> Uh The moment you talk about leaving the sword, um, you're going to get uh, like a, a pinch from the handle. Ah, Not this, the broken one. Ow. No. Uh... uh yeah, I, I'm. I travel late. And it will uh, draw a dagger from his boot and leave it on the table. Will notice, by the way, that Rishi does. I think at this point, even with the broke with the broken sword, five weapons or six, technically. Um, so, Ariel also set down some pre-made torches. Okay. The the building itself, let me get, give you a bit of a description. Think of it like a hobbit's home, right? It's half built into this, this kind of hill section. It's got a front face with a round door and, and two windows off the side. And as soon as you walk in, you, you walk into this, this meeting slash living area. Of course, it's got that large table that you guys just set your stuff at. Several seats on each side, and there are two doors to the left and to the right. Um, if you were to think about the layout, right? Because one of the doors is cracked open. There's a few beds to the right door, and then to the left door, there seems to be uh, like a, a stove of some kind uh, that you can just kind of see through the cracked door. Oh, I was going to look so confused at this door. 
this is horrible architectural design. Hey. I nothing. could use more windows, a little bit more of an open floor plan, but it's safe. Well, not really. The design of the door dictates that there can only be one load-bearing hinge, and that load-bearing hinge cannot be placed at the most load-bearing position, so the door can easily be kicked in. Are you a professor or an architect? It will do for now. For now, we need to rest. Edith will, um, when everybody's got inside and, you know, we've all started settling down and resting, um, Edith will approach Arya, and in her mind she will hear, I'm sorry that happened to you while you were teaching me to read. It's never fun to see someone like that. I'm just gonna shake her head and say it's, it's okay, you know, it's not that different, I guess, seeing a deceased human from seeing a deceased animal. It's just putting it in the right place in your mind. Yeah. It is. That's what it's all about. I'll keep watch tonight. You can all sleep and rest. I will argue with that. I'm going to take out a um, a wand from my jacket made of Hollywood. Hollywood? Um, no. Um, it's made of holly. And uh, I'm going to um, weave a stack of good berries in one hand, put the wand away, and I'm going to give um, some good berries to Rishi and Arya and Caleb. Thank you. Thank you, Ayla. Just in case something happens during the night or you discover that you were nicked somewhere that you didn't realize before. Hopefully you weren't, but that explosion was pretty nasty. And it will um, make sure everybody looks alright. And then make his way outside of the house and sit basically in the wall outside the door. And he'll start, actually, because I picked these up in an earlier episode. He will start practicing scrimshaw on the rabbit bones he picked up. As he will keep watch through the night. Because he does not need to sleep. I'm going to stay up a little bit longer and keep watch with him. He'll appreciate that, but he won't uh, say it. He will walk... Oh, go ahead. No, please. Now she will walk out and on the other side of the door, put her back to the wall. In her mind, she'll hear, Are you alright? I'd be asking you that question. Something shook you at that stone. I know you well enough. I saw something. Or more like I felt something. 
It seems like everybody did, except for me. What did you feel? Floating. And not like in the air, but maybe in the deep. The depths. Hearing a song that I think I know, but I don't. Interesting. Maybe you can describe it to Arya and she can play it. I'm not good at music. Mm. You seem to be getting close with her. She's teaching me a skill that I don't have. Mm. What about you? What do you think of all these people? I think they're good people. Good or not. Most of them. They may be good, they may be not, but... They're interesting. That's the reason you kept me along. I gotta see where that ambition of yours takes you. Nowhere good. But we've been marching for days. You should probably sleep. Eh, probably. I'll stay up a little bit longer. Don't want you to get all lonely. Me. Lonely. You've always been a funny one, soul. I have been told. Let's, um... Let's make sure nothing happens to the others, right? Uh, that's... That's my job. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kate is just carving at the bone. He's, uh... He's trying to make a, um... Basically a little representation of what happened. The pond freezing with the orb over it. Um... Could I roll for that, Corey? See how well I do? Uh, sure. Or just be a dexterity check? Uh, do you have proficiency in any of your tools? No. Or is there like a tool thing built? Not yet. I will be picking that up eventually, but right now it would probably just be dexterity because I'm just using a dagger to carve into a bone. Yeah, pretty much. Alright. And I don't have sleight of hand or anything like that, so... Alright, let's see. 15. I mean, it's not horrible. Um, definitely still learning. Uh, water check. Um, it's... For you, it might be obvious, right? Um, but it, it's definitely not masterwork. So, definitely some some room to grow there. But it looks decent. I, I don't think it would be sellable. He doesn't want to sell them. Yeah. He's doing it for himself. Um... So, what um, Ilo brought up earlier stood out to uh, Kadith, the door not being possibly the most sound. Is there any way he could use his, you know, his uh, skill as being a sailor and some of his ropes to help secure the door to make it more sturdy? 
Um, He's also got I this mean, thing called a belaying pin, which I researched what it was. It helps you tie knots on a boat. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, you can try, right? But, I mean... Built mostly into a, a hill. You have to basically see it from the road itself. Ah, uh, all right. I mean, yeah, that he, he won't he won't bother with it then. If it if it seems like mm-hmm. it's hard to see and there's not really much you could tie it off to from where he's at, yeah. so I'll just keep keep a good watch while staying up. While uh, while you're watching. Right. Um, there's going to be this um, off the distance. Um, there's going to be this shimmer in the dark. Um, it's going to be a, a bronze kind of color. Somewhere off in the forest. So bright, bright enough for for me to see color on it, because dark vision doesn't allow you to see color. So it's bright. So what you're dealing with is, you know, you're out, you're watching. The three moons are out. So you've got a little bit of like okay, the yellow good. from the yellow moon. And it's shining down. And as you're kind of like taking a look at the door, you're turning around, you're moving. You just kind of pass. And that, that light from the moon just kind of glints off of something for like a, a second. And as you kind of like bob your head back and forth, you're like, oh, that's something's reflecting something over there. Is it moving? No. Uh, that's why it continues to work, because you it can like bob your head back and forth. Is Soul still awake, or is she asleep outside by now? It depends how late this is, because she probably would only have stayed another hour or two. So, Dungeon Master? Uh, yeah, I'd say probably still awake. Probably within like the, the first hour and a half. All right. Of chilling. So you notice the soul is getting sleepy, and in her mind she'll hear, I'll be right back. I see something glowing. You ain't going anywhere by yourself. He'll grin and he'll start walking towards it. So she'll follow. Uh, did you guys kind of trek out there a little bit? Um, it's covered in forest all right so by the time you reach this item there's plenty of of like uh grass dirt leaves kind of laying over it because you guys are getting towards the end of uh tulpum at this point it's the 13th of tulpum nearly into nocturne the fall um the the leaves are kind of like turning brown dying off changing colors and kind of shifting the leaves back and forth there is this this kind of long stretch of bronze um i would have to say uh size wise uh the length of a broadsword maybe half the width of a regular shield and it's just this sheet of of material and it's got this weird like purple incandescent about it About so, no long sword. We're talking long sword. Come, um, let me let me do this for the listeners watching. You see this thing right here? This this lovely thing here on my camera. Actually, you know what? Let me. Hi everybody. 
So, uh, a bit of an announcement. Um, I'm working on something very special. I I got a 3D printer not too long ago, and we're going to take a quick break from the book. Um, I am currently building something from a 3D printer. Um, I am recreating uh, the original form of the Hiking's Blade. At the end of this season, I will be giving it out to one lucky viewer, um, and uh, it'll just go to them. Of course, it's not a real sword sheet. You're not going to be able to like, have sword fights with it, but it's, it's a decorative piece. Um, but basically, think about twice this size, uh, Rodeo. About the size of the long sword I was gifted for a, a wedding present, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, length about four and a half, five feet. And you said width about half the size of a normal shield, so width about half my half my width. Four feet. Yeah. Big sword. Kenneth will look at it's it. It's not a sword. It's just a piece of material, just metal. Um. Any markings on it? Uh, roll a roll investigation for me because it's, it's you know it's under. Yeah, some, I'm not, you know, I'm not great if, at that, but I'll. You mind if I do? I do as well. I'll give you advantage to look at it. I I I would say roll your own. I have a zero. I have a minus <laughs> one. The experts are on the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, twenty and an eighteen for investigation. So. First off the bat, both of you are going to know this is uh, definitely magic. Um, it is uh, a piece way older um, than you could probably even think your ancestors would go back. This dates back to the cracking of the Pangea, um, which was uh, well before the Calamity. So you're, you're talking like 300 BC or 3000 BC. And what you have here is a large portion of uh, Titan metal um, from one of the three large Titans that, that kind of broke the Pangea. Uh, how heavy does it appear to be? Like if Kate gives it like a little nudge. Uh, about a hundred pounds. Okay, can carry that. Um, it's it's funny. Even though we're away from the water, we're still finding salvage. When would we ever stop? I'll carry it back. Would you like to roll either history or um? Maybe just uh, uh I'm trying to think of the best Our thing to use. I wouldn't do Arcana. Let's do... Survival? History uh, insight, maybe. Alright, I'll give it an insight. I or can do, you do want... history. Alright. So we'll split it up. History 21. Insight 17. So, let's start with the history real quick, right? This happened during a time where the biggest races were human elves, dwarves, the 
they didn't like each other, and so they built these giant machines to kind of fight each other, because it kind of accumulated to this, this really awful war. The metal and pieces that they used for these things are, are still, to this day, incredibly powerful. It is um, pretty much used. Any magical items today can still be traced back to some of the metal that came off these titans. Um, it was imbued to the best of ability. They threw thousands, if not millions of gold at these things. And the metal is, is so coveted that you know, people spend a fair bit just to get their hands on some of it to make a new sword or armor or shield or something because the metal itself, um, with an insight, it is so easy to imbue this with magic that, I mean, you, you could probably easily get like a six, seven level spell on this thing and it would hold it for pretty much the entirety of its existence. Something big, Saul. If, if only the captain could see us now. That captain was in his soul. Kenneth will grab this chunk of metal. Is it like lodged into the ground or is it just kind of like laying there? It's just laying there. I mean, it's so it's been laying there so long that dirt's kind of come up on the side. But like if you put your fingers around it, you kind of lift it up. I mean, it's it's a hundred pounds. It's liftable, but it's definitely like that large sheet of metal that's just oblonged and difficult to deal with. Yep, Kenneth will, you know, flex up, pull that thing up, pick it up kind of like in front of him and start kind of, when you're carrying something big and wide in front of you, you know, doing the, the side to side step, uh, the waddle yep. almost. Carry that thing back to camp. Get some sleep, soul. Yeah. I'll see you in the morning. Hmm. Good night. While this has been night. going on, oh, sorry. I should just say night, and that's that's the end. Okay. Uh, while this has been going on, uh, Rook has had a thousand-yard stare this entire time, like the entire past several days of travel since using Divine Sense. Uh, and after a while, she'll come over and. Not say anything, but just sit next to Ilo. Um, so I imagine, like the the past, uh, I guess, nearly fourteen days, past month, um, Ilo has been taking singing slash acting lessons from uh, Rishi nightly. Um, and, um, Ilo's been more inattentive to this, le these lessons tonight because his focus is on Rook. Um, and he'll, he'll kind of signal to, to Rishi and be like, my, my face is tired, Rishi. Uh, why don't, why don't you head to bed and, uh, uh, do you have a whetstone? I do. Uh, may I like borrow the... it? Of course. You're, are uh, you going to try it on your sword? Your new one? 
it's a little nicked, and I figure it could use some sharpening, some care. Yes. Just be careful with it. Uh, Not the stone, Rishi, the sword. Rishi will nod, and then kind of go sit on a cot and attempt to sharpen this blade. Rook? Yeah? But do you care to tell me what you saw? Sometimes the best way to get rid of a nightmare is to speak it. It's the worst part, it wasn't a nightmare, was it? it no, was... uh, not technically. No. Uh, it, I, I don't know how it happened entirely, but... I was trying to look around and see if I could figure something out about what was happening, and then it was almost like my senses reached out for me. I'm I'm used to being perceptive. That's a thing that you get used to on the streets, but this was different. This was weird. And then I looked behind you, and... There she was, and then I blinked and she was in my face, and she just said, run, and I did. The misty figure. With the bloody eyes, yeah. That one. I've never seen something like that. I have. Well, I've seen pictures in books. I believe what we encountered was a banshee, which literally means woman of the fairies, but this one seems to be different. The banshees and their keenings, which they call their screams, they're usually just forewarnings, which this creature certainly did a good amount of back in Nottingham. But, yes, but... it did more than that, didn't it? I... You didn't see that happen, did you? Did Not they? the explosion. Did, did they see what I saw with the divine sense, by the way, Cory? It occurs to me to ask. No. Oh, okay. No. You, you didn't see it fly into my face, did you? No, and from my understanding, banshees often work that way. Um, I don't want to spook you out, but knowledge is power. Banshees usually target, in the kindest sense of the word, someone who's... Someone who is close to someone else who is about to die. Or Usually it's family. Could be. If it was some kind of an echo. Maybe. I, I'm not you... worried about that. I, Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's a good thing, because I was going to ask if you were worried for someone in particular. <laughs> no. No, I have no one to worry about but myself. 
and frankly, I am worried about myself at this point. I I don't know what's going on. I I don't get visions. I don't dream. I just one day I'm a normal fucking person, weird as I am, admittedly. I'm normal. And then I leave Navaska and all of a sudden I'm getting visions and I'm seeing things that aren't there and I'm getting spooked by random banshees without anybody else seeing it and I my flail glows for the love of the lords. Well, that's I don't one thing. know what's happening. It's I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I I've dealt with many students who experience the same thing. Now, most of them that experience the same things that you're describing are more of the warlockish kind. And I'm not saying you're a warlock, because it doesn't sound like you've made any kind of pact. Although, admittedly, oh. most warlocks who are starting out in their profession don't even realize they've made a pact. But it's not dissimilar. Can I ask, Brooke... Yeah. What made you leave Nevesca? What was written on your heart when you walked out of that city? Or the forest? She glances around. Is, is anybody else actively listening to this conversation? Is it no. inside? Yeah. Uh, half listening, Rishi is, yeah. Arya's like half, half listening as well. She's writing music and reading the book. Especially mm. since Rook kind of like her voice peaked up at one point, you know, when she said, you know, flail glows. I was like, kind of like, mm, something's going on. Kind of not like eyeballs, you know. Absolutely Rook not. Neither of us were listening. Yeah. Rook will sigh. I, uh, I, it, it wasn't that I ch chose to leave, it was that I had to, I couldn't stand another day there. You couldn't stand another day. Now, linguistically, that implies that you made a choice. I suppose I did. Linguistically. Like, it might not have been a practical choice. I understand. But, uh... I, uh sometimes language long... can have power. Sometimes. Yes. It's a long story. Uh, but... In brief, I was, uh... On house arrest. For a number of years. And... I was on such house arrest in that I didn't have a home. I was brought into one that they claimed I belonged to when I didn't. And kept there against my will for a crime that no one's entirely sure I committed, but I wouldn't be surprised. And there came a point where I got sick of it. And I left. Or, more accurately, I escaped. With this. And she'll point at the earring. 
escapes with that, may I take a look? And he'll I'll try. Yeah, well, if if they'll let me, um, he'll sort of like cradle the earring in his hand. Um, can I do a uh, a knowledge check? I guess at this point he's suspecting um, divine power from the the divine smite earlier um, when it flashed. Um, so can I make a is divine a check? I don't remember. I've been working with a different system lately. <laughs> uh, religion. I'd like to make a religion check um, on the earring to see if it has some sort of deeper connection with Rook than just something she found. Oh, I think you may be muted, Corey. Uh, sorry, I had to, uh, wanted to ask Rook here for a second. Um, is there any general form of this earring like yeah um, do it already so have it, a shape it does match the earring in the art um that we have so essentially it's uh, a a brass heart type of thing but it's loose in that it almost resembles like one half is just an open heart side and the other half i might change it a little bit from the art here i kind of do want it to look a little bit like feathers um, but it's very like filigree and open and open to interpretation. It's just kind of a piece that she found that okay. she thought was cool and probably worth something. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's do a religion check. Okay. That's a nineteen. Um, so this is um, it is it is a heart in some way. With one side of the heart is is set in the a lovely like beautiful brass um, while the other side is, is finishing the heart, but in a, in a decorative kind of peacock feather. Um, you would know this as the symbol of Jessica, the goddess of mystery. Nobody really knows what her big shtick is, um, but uh, she tends to have random followers and no one can really, so like she is, um, powerful she's i believe she's uh, one of the minor gods not one of the outers but not a, a major either she is uh one of the second biggest mystery in the pantheons besides the god eater okay um actually that 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 brings to mind a um a, a question on my part now that um because Ilo is particularly interested in the God Eater, but this is kind of an offshoot of that. So um, his his question actually pertains to the Bardic College. Um, I imagine that paladins, being of, uh, and I'm not I'm not saying outright right now that you're like a paladin. I'm saying in general speak speech. Um, Paladins are probably more of the churchly type. They deal more with clerics than they do with arcane studies. Would that be correct? Or would a, it be... A bit here and there. Uh, it's so a mixture it... of both. They deal with a lot of, of faith. And um, the, the just the embodiment of, of a lot of their deity situations. 
I know in fifth edition they they've kind of gone away with that. They've made them devotions, but in in Talalia, it, it's very much like you, you may have an oath, but that oath still follows uh, or falls under kind of a deity, and that deity kind of presides over the oath that you've made. So you do okay. have an oath, but that that power comes from somewhere, not just this this ether, this promise that you've made to yourself. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of adjudicate through that religion check that I know this from working with paladins that have maybe multi-classed into something else like sorcerer is a very common thing and paladins that have somehow made their way into the bardic college system and that I've met a few students of myself with with similar abilities as Rook thus I am making my conclusion Rook remember just a moment ago when I said language has power sometimes oftentimes Yes, I remember that. Well, I'm not asking you to pry into your memory to see if you took an an oath of any kind, but perhaps implicitly you did when you left and swore never to return to the place that kept you hostage. Not saying any of that. And he'll give her a, a kind wink. I don't think I remember that. Noted. Well, why are you asking? Sometimes it is said that the gods will find someone who has made a pledge in their heart and found it within their own domain, a mortal being that has inspired the god to grant them some of their power for a time. I think he might be one of these individuals. Has there been any signs? Mysterious appearings, omens? Something following you around, perhaps? Not menacingly. Outside of what you've seen, uh, oh, there's a reason I bought the painting. I thought I saw, when I was walking with Kadeth, I thought I saw a black cat sitting by it, and then I thought it was a sign, I suppose. But I, I, it's never been something I've put particular interest in, it's just I don't know what's happening, I'm trying to figure something out. Well, a black cat might be commensurate with the goddess Jessicaia, which also is commensurate with the, the shape of your earring, especially with the, the featherish filigree. But uh, I'm okay. not asking you to accept anything on faith. I'm just trying to give you the knowledge with which you might be able to put some of the pieces together yourself. This is very much a you journey. Yes. Um, Corey. Mm-hmm. Having heard the name Jessica, is that a name I would recognize? Oh yeah. I would um, okay. so she's within the Pantheon of the Ancients, which is one of the most widely worshipped worshipped uh pantheon. Um, within Talalia. Of course, you know, there's other ones, of course. So you've got you know your Greek, your your Roman. Those still exist. Um, pretty much any religion in D D does, but um because they were old gods and have just recently started rewaking. 
um, the ancient pantheon is is the most widely worshipped. Um, Jessica, from your history, is the goddess of mystery, which I I went into earlier. So just take that too. Yeah. And, and... Okay. She kind of is taken aback. It says. Goddess of mystery? Interested in me? Wouldn't surprise me. And he'll put kind of like a, a big hand over top of her slightly less big hands. <laughs> and, uh, fair enough. <laughs> um, fair enough. Uh, and, uh, he'll say the most important thing to remember is that even though this is a you journey, like I said, you are not alone. And I hope it has nothing to do with the Banshee. But I hope someday that we can call each other family. It'll be a while. And whatever it is that you're running from, you have us to pace beside you. Yeah. Uh, she'll, she'll smile. And without a word, she'll just hug Ilo. And then he'll bed. whisper so um, Rishi and uh, Arya uh, can't hear. It's, it's not particularly delicate, but it's, it's more of an intimate thing. He'll whisper... And perhaps you'll find that it's not something that you're running from anymore, but something that you're running to. And he'll give her a pat on the back. And Rook will go to bed. Rishi, let's take a look at that sword. And then... I, that's just a, a send-off. I don't know if you want to do anything with that, but like... Coming um, close to an end, too. So, keep singing. Two scenes, then. Um, uh, I want to I do a scene with Rishi and the sword, you guys. And then one last scene with uh, Rook. And then we'll end for the night. Um, so, you know, you've spent some time sharpening this blade. No matter how much you take that whetstone across it, it will not sharpen. Um, but what is going to happen is that as you're sharpening it, you're going to kind of look over. You've got all your weapons. Are they all out, or are they just just the one you're working on? Just just that one that I'm with. Um, okay. I haven't really had a need to sharpen this. You'll hear kind of a, a metal crack while you're sharpening it. Not from the blade itself, but some, something else on your person. Uh, I will trying to take a quick break and see what what else I had that would have come um, so you'll you'll kind of take inventory uh, you'll look around see if you can figure out where that sound came from and the thing that's gonna stick out for you is that your dagger um, has dulled and the blade itself isn't broken but has cracked. Um, the sword, um, kind of like once you 
take a look at the, the dagger and, and set it down. The sword itself uh, is going to have changed. The wrappings won't be as grody. Uh, the blade itself will be sharper, better condition. Um, the The blade is no longer a negative one. It is a standard short sword. Um, your perception will stay as, as a plus two. Um, but it, 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 it is definitely doing something. And I, I think it's easy to kind of pull together between the last sword, the pinch, the dagger. Um, something strange about this blade. Uh, just kind of look, just, well, we need to kind of make sure I'm starting our weapons at this point. I'd like to get this going. The time is 2 p.m. Oh, you're having 2 a good day. Want to go for a walk? <laughs> oh, got him. Sorry. Just, just ignore <laughs> that. Uh, Maurice, you'll just, yeah, just kind of shrug, you know, look at the dagger, kind of swap out the one that's in his boot, um, put the broken one in his boot, and the one that's nicer kind of in his uh, hip uh, sheath. Okay. Just kind of still, like, look. You said it's the the hilt got nicer, but the blade is still like chipped and, no, and stuff. Or the blade is fine. No, no. So your your dagger took damage, right? Yeah. The the the, the short sword that you've been dealing with, uh, the blade is sharper. The hilt okay. seems more taken care of, ra- wrapped better. It as if it's repairing itself. Yeah. This, yeah, like I said, just kind of shrug, look at it once it's nice and sharpened. Yeah, just. Uh, Slowly put that back in. Um, kind of yeah, just shrug. Uh, set it beside the bed, uh, like away from his pack and other things. That take off uh, at like the end of the night. And boots. Once again, boots are off. Y'all get to deal with stinky reishi feet. Um, and then just kind of take uh, take a nap. It's a workout to sharpen a sword, I assume. I've never done it. Well, especially that sword, because it was very weird. The sword itself didn't sharpen until, like, the last minute. So, like, you didn't even see a gradual change into it. It was almost like it was effort. It, it wasn't worth the effort until eventually it just was. Um, so as everybody lays down, most of us, um, those who do need to sleep, I want to take a quick step into dreamland. Um, because we're, we're gonna, we're gonna have one last scene with Rook. Let me set the mood, and I know I'm gonna upset two or three people here. Let me get this, the right music here. Oh, I know what it is. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. You're gonna start out in your dream. There is this just black void. Um, you're just standing there. And you see this feather, a large, long peacock feather made of bronze, 
colored of bronze. It's just going to float right by you. As if kind of leading you forward. Beckoning you. You will follow. You'll kind of continue through the void and eventually as you work your way through there's going to be this open field of just kind of uh, wheat really it's about hip deep and you see it flowing in the wind there are trees off in the distance just devoid of plant life or, or leaves on them and you'll just kind of stand there because the the feathers can be gone for a minute and it's just calming and nice and then there's this racing in your heart and things will start turning sour the wheat's gonna die off it's gonna turn black it will shrivel the ground that it's growing in will crack and dry out a tree in the distance will fall and rot in front of you you'll hear in a whisper it's draining. And one day it will all be gone. The feather will appear again as if beckoning you further. You'll, you'll continue onward. You'll see moments of different places. The drying wells. Famine in homes. You'll see people with boils and sickness. People trying to cast magic and finding nothing come forth. It's leaving this world. What? What? What is leaving? What is draining? What is happening? By the time this is all over, you'll finally catch up to the feather. It'll land in your hand. And it'll turn into your earring. And it will just kind of one last wispy, very, very wispy word as the earring will crumble and kind of fly from your hand to dust. That is a good place to end it for the day. Oh my god! Ooh. Okay. What an introduction. <laughs> so thank you guys for being here. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the game. We enjoyed having you at one more hour. Um <laughs> We'll see. Not unless y'all want to watch me sleep. Shame. <laughs> yeah. Like I was gonna say, me and Dust, I saw you sleeping <laughs> out, man. I was like, don't get too comfortable. Like, uh, yeah, I've been moving till I don't like fall asleep. Oh my god. <laughs> well, right. uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll continue this next game. Thank you, Sirenscape, for the music. Um, it really helps set the theme. It really helps out everything. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for donating. Thank you guys for following. If you haven't, please follow. It really helps 
the more people who do, the more people see us on Twitch page, FYE, Podbean, um, wherever you're listening currently. We will see you next week. And remember, keep your opportunities open.